Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I'd like to invite you into today's message because I'm convinced that God's Word will build you up to do what He has called you to do, and it will strengthen you to be the person that God has called you to be. Praise God. We're going to start today in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, and we're going to bring the tithes and offerings into God's storehouse. And I want to show you something very special about this verse. It says in verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Now that's where a lot of believers get excited, but they they don't always see the next part of this verse. Again, it says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Now, God does have a prosperity plan for you. God does have strength and power to get wealth that is available to you, but you have to understand that God's prosperity plan works on the basis of a covenant. And because we live in the Western world and we, we don't really know much about covenants unless we went back maybe 200 years and earlier, the, the Indians, Native American Indians, they understood uh, quite well what covenant meant. But really, in today's modern society here in the Western world, there's very few people that grasp the meaning of, of covenant. So, we have to understand that God's power to get wealth is based on a covenant. And note very carefully that it's not based, this, pro, this prosperity plan is not based on a promise. So, because of that, this, this, this wealth that God can release into the life of an individual, this wealth, because it's not based on a promise, it's, it's not moved by the prayers of a believer. You know, I was thinking about a certain minister, and this minister had a very godly father, and this, uh, this man who was his father lived to be 99 years old. And this minister said that his father, who was a pastor all of his life, prayed anywhere from eight to 10 hours every single day. And he did that year after year, year after year, praying eight to 10 hours a day. But this uh, minister's son said that when he was ready to go off to Bible college, his father, who prayed eight to 10 hours a day, did not even have enough money to send his son to Bible college. And this man, although he prayed a lot and has a wonderful eternal reward, yet he, on his earthly life, he never ever understood prosperity. Now later, when he heard his son teach it, he said, son, my ministry would have been completely different if I would have understood what you understand and what you're walking in. So you can have a very well-developed prayer life, but you have to understand that God's prosperity plan for you, it's not based on a promise. So it's not like you can pray money in. It doesn't work like that. 
although we do pray. And here in this ministry, we all love to pray. And uh, from this pulpit, I teach on the subject of prayer. But uh, this is not how you get into God's plan of blessing and prosperity for your life. You have to come in through the covenant because it's not a promise. Now, because it's not a promise, it's also not affected by fasting. And let me be the first to say that this ministry believes in the three core Christian tenets expressed by Christ, which are giving, praying, and fasting. And we believe in fasting. But look, you can fast 300 days out of 365 in a one-year period, and you can do all that fasting that you want, and it's not going to move the needle on God's financial prosperity. It's not like God says, I see that person really fasting and that really moves my heart. Therefore I'm going to release prosperity into their life. So while we do pray and while we do fast, those are not the terms and conditions that you meet God with in order to enter into a covenant, because this is not a promise. This is a covenant. Praise the Lord. God's prosperity plan works only on a covenant basis until you and I play our part. God is not committed. I want to say that one more time. God's prosperity plan works only on a covenant basis. And until you and I as individuals play our individual part, God is not committed. Woo. Praise the Lord. Therefore it is very important that we know what our part to play is right <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amen. So very quickly, let's take a look at it. Genesis chapter eight, verse 22. Here's the anchor of the covenant. Verse 22, while the earth remains, and let me interject that the earth, planet earth, it's not going anywhere. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse four, that the earth abides forever. This planet is always going to be here. I know there are science fiction movies that maybe show the earth being blown up or something like that, or, you know, outer space aliens coming and blowing the planet up. It's never ever going to happen. The earth will always be here while the earth remains seed time and harvest cold and heat winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. So the way that you come into a financial covenant with God is through obeying God's word, God's principles of seed time and harvest. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And that involves giving, sowing and reaping, giving and receiving. Praise the Lord. Now we do have to ask ourselves a very logical question. How reliable is this covenant? In other words, Lord, if I'm going to do my part, will you perform your part? And God's response to that genuine question can, uh, his answer can be found in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 33. And here in verse 20, we have an answer. Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night so that there will not be day and night in their season. Then my covenant may also be broken with David, my servant. 
so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. Now we know that according to Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, that because we are now in Christ, we also are now viewed through the eyes of God as being priest. Woo, glory to God. Think about that for a moment. So that covenant, my friends, extends, that Davidic covenant also extends over to the priesthood, and it touches our lives. So let me say it like this. Anytime you see the sun coming up in the morning, know that God is a covenant-keeping God. We're talking about eternal principles that he has made a covenant with day and night. And God can make a covenant with you in the area of finances that is super reliable, just as reliable as the sun coming up in the morning and the moon coming out at night. Now, how's that for reliability? Praise the Lord. So you are empowered for wealth on the basis of the covenant. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 4, just for a moment, Philippians 4, and let's go to verse 15. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Giving and receiving is the exact same thing as seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest, giving and receiving, sowing and reaping, it's all the same thing in the eyes of God. And if you're not a giver, you are not a candidate for God's prosperity plan. I need to say it again. You may be a great prayer, you may be a great faster, but if you are not a giver, you are not a candidate for God's prosperity plan. Whoo, praise the Lord. Now, you can, you can start tomorrow and say, Pastor Stephen, I don't believe that. I'm going to disprove it. I'm going to do a 100-day fast. And at the end of the 100-day fast, God's going to send an angel to give me millions of dollars. Well, look, you can, you can go for a 100-day fast, and you're going to get real skinny and uh, I just need to tell you in advance, there ain't no angel showing up at the end of that fast giving you a whole bunch of money because it doesn't work like that. Although I do believe in angels and I do believe in miracles, you cannot come into this through some other form or create your own terms and conditions. You must meet God on his covenant terms and that is sowing and reaping. See time and harvest praise God. Trying to get this done through fasting is like trying to take a key that works for one door and you think it works for every door. Well, I'm going to go over here and fast for money. I fasted over here and God gave me a miracle answer to the prayer. Well, yeah, but you're, you're on a different door now. You need a different key. And the key to the financial covenant is seed time and harvest, giving and receiving. Now, I want to share something in the light of the current economic situation that we're in right now with all the fuddy-duddy stuff that our government is doing, threatening people by saying, if you don't take a certain vaccine jab, if you don't do that, we're going we're gonna to cause you to lose your job, and we're going we're gonna to create this pressure on you so that you're forced to bow or whatever the case might be. I want you to understand that if you engage God in this covenant, you need to know that because God's involved, 
This covenant is superior to every economic climate that might be going on in the earth right now. And here in this climate, in the Western world, in America, as well as many other places like Australia or Canada, you may be sensing that the climate is very adverse against Christians who believe the Bible and hold to traditional values. But I must let you know this morning from this pulpit, from the Holy Word of God, that God's covenant is superior to every economic climate. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, can you demonstrate that from God's Word? Yes. Let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter uh, 47. Genesis 47. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 47, and go down to verse 13. Oh, I love this. Now there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very severe. Now watch this. There is a famine in the land. Not a normal famine. A famine that's so bad. I mean, any famine's bad, right? But this one is called severe. There is a severe famine so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. Look at verse 15. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt, how about that? We're talking about a famine that is so bad. The dollar collapsed. The euro collapsed. The yen collapsed. There was a total collapse of money. Money failed. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess it's all over. Well, it could be all over if you don't have a covenant. Look, you can be riding real high, but we live in a world where uh, economic climates can shift or change. And if you don't have something reliable to hold to, and I'm not talking about your silver or gold or your 401k retirement plan, because they can lock you out of that. They can block you out of all your retirement benefits with, uh, with crooked government uh, shenanigans where they say, well, if you don't do this, we're just going to, we're going to not only take your job from you, but we're going to sh- cut, cut you off from all of your employment that you worked for 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years to accrue upon your retirement. So you must have something more reliable. You must have a covenant because it will work even in the middle of a famine. It will work even if money fails. Watch this. It will work even if they fire you from your job because you refuse to bow to something that defies uh, that that would override your Christian convictions. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Mm-mm. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph. Okay, so there's pressure. There's pressure upon uh, these people because they're in a mess. Now look at verse 19. Why should we die before our eyes, before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread. They became so so desperate. They sold themselves willingly, and they said, look, we're going to die anyhow. We, we're giving ourselves to you and our land, and we're just going to be ready to work for you for the rest of our lives. And uh, I mean, they, they just sold everything, even themselves, so that they could have the ability to acquire, acquire bread. Now, look at verse 27. This is very, very important. So Israel, Israel... 
What does that represent? Those in covenant with God. When you have a covenant with God, you have supernatural exemption. I'm not saying there won't be famine, but I'm just saying you can have a, an exemption because of covenant privilege that others don't know. Mm, mm, mm. So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in, in the country of Goshen or in when it says country, that's the particular region of, uh, of Egypt. That was the finest area of Egypt. And it says here that the Israelites were in the country of Goshen and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. Well, there's famine everywhere. And the same conditions were endeavoring to encroach upon Goshen, but it couldn't touch the people of God. And right in the middle of severe economic hardship, when money collapsed, they not only survived, they grew and multiplied exceedingly. That is how reliable and steadfast this covenant system is. I would highly encourage Every believer watching to get on God's covenant system. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The covenant is superior to any harsh economic climate. How many of you know there that it's harsh out there? But let me say this. The harsher the climate, the higher you will fly as a covenant child of God. Mm -mm. The harsher the climate, the higher you fly. It brings glory to God. It validates the word of God. It proves that the covenant works. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't quite understand it all. That's okay. God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. As we see in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9. And I, to be frankly honest about it, I don't know how the sun just keeps coming up every morning, but it does. Why? God made covenant with day and night. And you better believe they'll be exchanging place for the rest of time. I'm telling you, God's a covenant keeping God. If you do your part, he'll always come in and do his part Pastor Steve, I need, I need a little bit more. They're pressuring me at, jo at my job to do certain things against my convictions. And they're saying, if I don't do it, I'm going to be fired. And then they won't even give me any unemployment benefits or anything like that. It, it could really be a wild ride. Look, when you're in covenant with God, God's going to give you something better. Shake the dust off your feet. Praise the Lord. You don't have to beg or grovel or, or reduce yourself uh, to a place where people feel, uh, pity you because you're living underneath a bridge. No, God has something better for you. Praise the Lord. Because for covenant children, for covenant children, God will always come through for you. Psalm 33, verse 18. Behold. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. Now the word fear never is meant in the Bible to denote some kind of a phobia. You know, like you're afraid of a snake or a spider or something like that. No, it, it denotes a reverence for God and it denotes a reverence for his word and walking in obedience to his word. So those who fear God are those who obey him. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his mercy. Watch this. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Well, Pastor Stephen, in famine, just everybody dies. Not those who have a covenant. Not those who have a covenant. When you're in covenant with God, when you're working principles of seed time and harvest, 
sowing and reaping, giving and receiving, you can increase right in the middle of a hard economic situation. You can be going up and that is what God's plan for you is to experience. One more verse, Psalm 37, Psalm 37, verse 18, the Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And look, we're in evil times right now where we have a very godless atheistic uh, people with socialistic and communistic mindsets that are under the influence of, of evil spirits trying to pass laws and legislation that will bring as much suffering as they can inflict, particularly upon Christians. But my friends, look what God says. They shall not be ashamed, re referring to his people in the evil time and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied satisfied. That's not talking about a little thin cracker with a little dab of butter or a little dab of peanut butter on it. No, you shall be satisfied. Even in a time of famine, God will take care of you, but you must play your part in order for God to engage you on a covenant platform where you are empowered to get wealth. Oh, but verse 20 says, but the wicked shall perish mm. and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. And one day it will all be over with. And one day all the wicked will be thrown into hell. One day Christ will judge the nations and the wicked will then finally be thrown into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone for all eternity, including the devil including the false prophet and the beast and all of these losers all because Satan is the greatest loser of all time. Jesus defeated him at Calvary. Praise the Lord. And we as believers have the assignment to enforce his defeat within our lives and within our nation. And we are praying. We are praying. I'm praying for president Biden that God give him wisdom that he would humble himself, that he will humble himself and that he will call upon God for help. And I'm also praying that God would put some wise counselors to speak into his ear mm -mm, so that he'll do the right thing. He'll do the right thing. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that this nation of America can continue to be a beacon of light and sharing the gospel around the world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But my friends get on the covenant platform. Amen. Because it might take a little bit of a jolting to wake some of these people up, <laughs> but this is the time for the church to move forward, to move forward. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. I will say this from a natural perspective. I do know this, that if a person is told, you know what, you're fired because you're refusing to uh, receive the gover government uh, mandate to do this to your body. And you, some of you know what I'm saying, okay, talking a little bit of code language here. Um, and if you, you hold your ground and they say, you know, we're, we're, we're letting you go. You know what, right now in America, there are 5 million jobs that are open that companies cannot fill. Because you have a lot of people that have gotten lazy, still getting some government handouts. And there are five, anywhere between five to eight million jobs that are open. And some of them pay really good. Some of them pay really good. And um, 
I, I mean, I talked to uh, my brother a little while back. He said, I can't believe some of these people they hire. There's not a job. There's not, there's not one job in the large company that he works for that pays less than, than six figures. There are no 70, you know, 50 or $40,000 jobs. There's not one that plays less than six figures. And he's like, I can't believe some of the people they're hiring. He said, you talk about unqualified. I don't know how they got the job. Well, there's people getting all kinds of jobs right now because there's so many that are available. <laughs> but of course, you want to be where God wants you to be. All I'm saying to my friends is God will always make a way for you. And if a door ever closed, then that means God's got something better better for you. Praise the Lord. Don't ever um, compromise on your biblical convictions ever. Praise the Lord. Trust God. Walk in covenant with God. God will always prove himself faithful to you. Now let us lift our hands and pray. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you are a covenant keeping God. We thank you, Father God, for the key of covenant prosperity. The power to get wealth is based upon the principle of seed time and harvest. So father, we thank you that we're givers. We thank you, father, you measure a man, not by what he receives by, but by what he gives. And we thank you, father, that the tithe belongs to you. We bring the tithe into your storehouse. We thank you, father God, that there are those special moments. Your spirit moves upon our hearts to sow offerings. And when we have these spirit led opportunities, may we always notice that and participate in that anointing, which is an anointing of increase. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you as we now demonstrate to you, O oh God, that we are covenant practitioners. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, we are covenant practitioners. My friends, right now, honor the Lord. Bring the tithe into the storehouse. Those of you that would also like to sow a special seed, you'll see that we have a few projects that are available. Right now, if you would like to bring your tithe and offering in online, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says give, and there's a red heart. You can click that red heart. You'll see the area for the tithe. You'll see a few projects that we're focused on right now. Let the Holy Spirit lead you on that. Praise God. If you prefer to mail in your tithe and offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code here is 286 five, four, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, before this year is out, I see unusual increase in your life. Praise God. Praise God. Mm -mm. Look, um, those that are involved in evil behind the scenes plannings of moving the human population forward towards an eventual one world government in order to do that, they have to create a wealth gap and they're trying to do that intentionally where there is a select group of rich. And then there's a much massive larger group of those that are poor and they're trying to dissolve the middle class. I'm here to say that you need to walk in covenant with God so that no matter what tactics the enemy is playing, he can't touch you. Because you're a covenant child of God, and it doesn't matter what types of stratas they try to uh, develop or destroy, God will position you in a place of strength so that you are blessed to be a blessing. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for your faithful giving 
The Lord's hand is upon your life. His eye is upon you. Praise the Lord. Now, let's take our Bibles today and go over to Hebrews chapter 4. Praise the Lord. I want to talk about your one hour of power. Mm, mm. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 4. Please meet me in verse 1. We're going to again talk about your one hour of power. Excuse me just a moment. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would ride upon the message Illuminating the eyes of our understanding. Father, some scriptures, of course, we've seen before, but let our ears be open spiritually to hear, to hear revelatory truth. We give you all of the glory. We thank you, Father, that your kingdom operates on keys, and keys are keys of understanding your principles. Thank you, Father. Let keys be released today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Praise God. Now, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. So it is very important, my friends, to hear the word, hear the gospel, hear the full gospel, hear the uh, exposition of the epistles and so forth. It is very important to hear the word, but we must do more than just hear, or we can end up becoming professional hearers where we, we have all kinds of information and stuff like that, and we even know what to do, but we're not doing it. We need to hear, but we must continue and go to the next step. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So we have to hear the word, mix it with faith. Wow. So that leads us to a place of action, of making application of certain works that we would implement to move the faith forward. Praise God. Verse 3, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And of course, that is a reference to those Israelites in the wilderness that just refused to believe. They wandered in the wilderness. They never took the promised land that God had made available for them made all kinds of excuses of why they couldn't take it. And so the Lord just let that generation of unbelievers and the doubters and the powders who are the ones that are the do withouters, he just let them wander around in the wilderness until they died off. And a general, a generation arose that would take him at his word and believe him. Now the rest of this verse, I hope you're sitting down on because, um, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to read it real slow. And I want you to let it go into your spirit. I'm sure you've heard it before. But let it go into your spirit. And think about what is being said here by the writer of Hebrews, which I'm, I'm persuaded was the Apostle Paul. So let me quote again from the Old Testament. 
So I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now look at this. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Pastor Stephen, there's something I'm believing God to do. Good. Did you know that in the eyes of God, that work that, that you have an assignment to accomplish in God's eyes was already completed before he ever framed the world and set the bedrock of this world and all of the things, the secret things within the core of the earth and uh, all of the great mysteries of this beautiful planet before God ever created it. He already had planned out. Well, Pastor Steve, for somebody to do that, they'd have to be God. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what God did in his omniscience and his unfathomable wisdom. He planned out everything that he wanted you to do. And before, before you were even born, how about this? Let's go back way even before that, before he even created the planet, he already knew you would exist. He already knew what your particular assignments were and what you would need to get it done who you would need to know what type of relationships, what type of environment, what, how much money, what, uh, it, or this or that, uh, what kind of intersections with other uh, people that you would need to connect with and so forth. God knew all of that. And before you were ever born, he had it all ready to go for you before the world was ever created. He already had baked into the recipe of life, everything that you would need right at that moment <laughs> to come together. Now, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. I tell you what, Joshua and Caleb were ready to go. They said, everything we need is here. We've got our sword sharp. We've got our spears polished and we've got our shields uh, all shined up and we're ready to, we're ready to take it to those giants and uh, whack them in the knees and take them down. We're ready to go. And the other 10 spies said, Oh no, Oh, we can't do it. But Joshua and Caleb were like, not only can we do it, everything that we need, God has provided and we've got resources and we, uh, we're ready to do this. Now God didn't forget something when he created this planet. He didn't create, he didn't forget something when he made that Canaan land, he made it for us. That's our land. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. Woo. Although the works were finished, finished from the foundation of the world. And I would say to you today, what are you waiting for? Well, Pastor Steve, I don't have, I, I don't have what I need. You got everything that you need already. God, as you became a child of God, as you became a believer, God released these things into your spirit and you have to find out what your assignment is and get on it. Hallelujah. And get it done because God, because God has made available for you everything that you need. Praise the Lord. Now, of course, you wouldn't want to be <laughs> going down the wrong path, trying to do something that God hasn't called you to do uh, because uh, there's not resources baked in for that. You've got to get on your agenda. You've got to get in your lane. Mm -hmm. And that, that's okay. There's, there's, there's grace to get that figured out. And sometimes you figure it out because you realize 
There is no grace for what I'm trying to do. What does that mean? It could mean that God has not assigned you to do that. Um, and, you know, you, you work your way through those types of things until you get on track. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, hot, no, like not, not so much hot. It starts off cold, cold, then warm, warm, you get warm and then you get hot, hot, super hot. Okay. Now I found it. I found it. But before that you kind of feel around and maybe you even need some others to uh, provide counsel, some insight, nothing wrong with that. I remember the um, uh, quite humorous story that Dr. David Youngie Cho, uh, pastor there in Seoul, Korea, told about the time when he was in Seoul, Korea, and he was really nourished spiritually by a book that he had read by Dr. Oral Roberts. And whenever any American missionaries came from America to uh, Korea, he would always ask them, do you have any books? Especially, do you have any books by Dr. Oral Roberts? And he said that man's teaching, Dr. Roberts' teaching, just would just charge his spirit with faith and would empower him to believe that he also could do great things. Just remember, back in the 50s, what we know as South Korea was, was uh, or Seoul, was a place of poverty. And uh, it's nothing like it is today. I've been to Seoul, Korea, uh, and, and it's beautiful. It's, it's, I mean, skyscrapers, it's wealth, it's prosperity. But it wasn't like that when Dr. Cho was just starting his ministry and first starting off with the, the church that only had five members and uh, it was just poverty everywhere. So he was, he was looking at the great things that Oral Roberts was doing and he was like, this is incredible. And uh, so he was being fed by that type of material. Well, he had heard that Oral Roberts had started a hospital, not only this, you know, a university and so forth, but the man's built the hospital. And uh, so Dr. Cho was like, this is, this is overwhelming. Well, we should build a hospital too. He thought here in Seoul. So he had decided we're going to build a hospital in Seoul, Korea. So he and one of his associates, uh, they flew from uh, South Korea to uh, America, to Tulsa, to meet with Dr. Roberts so that they could uh, receive his blessing because this is something he's already up and doing. And uh, they took all that time to fly, came to America. And Dr. Cho said when they got here and got to Tulsa, they realized, uh, you know, th these are big buildings. How, how do we even find this man? And somebody said, well, you know, he's over there at the, in the hospital towers. And they went over there and somebody was trying to help them find Dr. Roberts. And Dr. Cho said it was like a maze. He's like, where's this guy at? You know, he's, he's. He, by the grace of God, has built all of these amazing structures. How do, how do we find this guy? So they're wandering all over the place. And finally, they found him. And with great excitement, um, Dr. Cho said, we, we're going to build a hospital. We have saved the money. And we're going to build a hospital in, in Seoul. So please pray for us. And he said, Dr. Roberts put his hands on uh, Dr. Cho's head and began to pray in tongues. Watch this. He began to pray in tongues, and then he stopped, and he said, Son, don't start a hospital. Wow. Think about that. He said, Son, don't start a hospital. And you know what? Dr. Cho's thought, well, maybe he's wrong. But you know what? He's had such admiration for Dr. Roberts as a man of God that in his heart he said, I will receive what Oral Roberts says, 
as the very words of Jesus Christ himself. Therefore, I will not start a hospital. So they went back and uh, he's back in Seoul and he's thinking, you know, well, I'm not going to do a hospital, but we saved all the money to start a hospital. I wonder what God would have us do. And he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and the Holy Spirit said, start a secular daily newspaper because this newspaper can be an influence for all of society throughout Korea. And Dr. Cho said, um, well, Holy Spirit, why, why would I start a secular newspaper? And the Holy Spirit said, you don't understand. And I'm sovereign and I don't need to explain to you. Just obey me. And so Dr. Cho said, okay, <laughs> yes, you, you're God. So, okay, I'm going to do what you said. And he started a newspaper and it got up to uh, over half a million subscribers. So it was circulating really, really well. And right at that time when it had very high circulation, the government, those in high political office, those that were unbelievers, they got together and they launched an all out attack against the Christians in Korea. Not, not only Dr. Cho's, you know, church family with all the different cell groups and the large church that he had at that time. This was an attack against every single Christian in South Korea. What happened is that these unbelievers, these political uh, figures got together and they, they said, we're going to pass a law that will not allow any Christian to ever meet in a rented facility. Well, that would have been immediate destruction for the church because much of the South Korean church was operating on the principle of cell groups. And many of the people that had the cell groups were meeting either in houses and many of them, most of them did not own their homes they're renting their home where well, that would now mean with the passing of that law, they can no longer have cell group meetings. And it also meant that any, uh, hotel or any industrial building where a church was meeting. You can no longer meet there unless you own that building outrightly and hardly any churches did. They did not have financial strength at that time to do things like that. So this would wipe out the entire church. You could, they wouldn't be able to meet anywhere. Not only that, it was a double whammy because any, any owners of the buildings or even of the houses that were renting out their houses or buildings to Christians and had allowed or were allowing Christians to meet in these rental facilities, they were going to face extreme heavy fines that very quickly ran into the thousands and thousands of dollars. So this was very, very serious. And Dr. Cho said when they were faced with this crisis, every, watch this, every single media newspaper outlet in the country was bribed and bought out through bribes. They would not report this evil that was taking place. And so there was only one voice in the nation. And you know what it was? The newspaper that the Holy Spirit told Dr. Cho to start. And that newspaper, they began to uh, uh, fight this through these editorials and to begin to get the word out there to all the Christians and to the entire nation of what this group of godless people were trying to do 
to bring great harm against the church. And they fought it through these editorials and just circulating that newspaper and articles everywhere. And they, they stopped the government. They stopped that evil attack. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. So in some sense, the whole Korean church, not just Dr. Cho's church members, the whole Korean church was saved through that newspaper. Now, what is that? That is the wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? It's knowing from scripture or knowing from God's instructions, what steps to take. Mm -mm. And it wasn't to build a hospital. It was to raise up a newspaper. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that wisdom of God will flow. And this is very, very important to know because you want to stay on task with the works that Jesus has for you. And look, you're going to be busy just with that. You certainly don't need to be trying to track or go in the direction of something that God had never told you to be involved in. Again, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, we stay on those works and we, we blend with the mind of God where we also see them as finished and we stay in faith until we get it accomplished. Woo! And I tell you, then we walk in the reality of it. Just like they were supposed to possess the land. Finally, there was a generation that went up and took the land. Then they never actually technically took all of it. They never received their full inheritance, but some certainly got theirs. And I'm speaking to a group that I believe you're going to get yours. Shout, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, um, I want to now talk about your one hour of power because these works that are assigned to you are of extreme importance. And you may work on one of these great works for like a five year period or a two year period in your life. Then eventually you're in it and you're walking in it and that's solid. But then you realize God has something else. It comes up on the radar image of your spirit as you pray and you say, ah, this is now what I'm tracking. This is the next thing God has for me. And then you take those energies uh, and then you begin to move towards that by faith and begin to develop that as well. And I want to share with you what has worked very consistently for me over the years. Praise the Lord. We in essence are endeavoring to complete what in the eyes of God has already been completed. So we are going to pray into these special projects. We're going to pray into it with a laser focused effort. And I have found that a very effective way to do this is to set aside one special hour of your day for very focused prayer and that this form of praying is going to be about, I would say, anywhere between 95% to 98% all in tongues. Praise God. All in tongues. Praise the Lord. Let me give you an example. Uh, over, over two decades ago, I had already been ministering some locally and doing local meetings and meetings within the region of where I lived. Let me grab a drink of water. But I sensed that God had a larger expansion for my ministry. I sensed in my spirit that 
the Lord did not want my ministry to be within just four walls of a building or with this confined, perhaps what we would say in a, a county or something like that, that there was more. And I was picking up on that. So I, I decided to pray into that. And in the evenings, spend time praying in tongues on that. So what I decided to do is go out to a softball field that was real close by my house. And uh, in the evenings, uh, there was never anybody there. And I would walk back and forth on the bleachers of the softball field. And whenever I would get there, and it wouldn't take long, but when I would start praying in tongues out loud like this, whenever I would start doing that, it's like I could see nations going before me. I could see flags. I could see different ethnic groups. I could see different faces, of different people from all over the world. And I, I would just start praying to that. And I would say, God, you have nations for me. God, you have nations for me. And this is a, at a place where really the only place I'd ever been was uh, a high school mission, uh, uh, not, not a mission trip, but a high school uh, uh, trip with my Spanish class when I, when I was in Texas uh, crossing the border to Mexico. That was my big international thing, a one-day event. <laughs> <laughs> what we drove because we're already in South Texas to so drive across the border and about all you see is, you know, shops and stuff like that. We didn't even really see the real Mexico, but we were, we'd gone international. We'd crossed the border. Well, uh, you know, that, that's no big deal. And it certainly wasn't for the glory of God. But, but when I was, you know, of course older, I sensed that God had international ministry for me. So I hadn't really gone anywhere, hadn't done anything like that. So it would require me breaking into something new and nobody in my family had ever done anything like that. So it's not like I can go ask uncle or go ask grandpa or something like that, that they couldn't help me in any, any of these types of areas. So I'm just praying into this, praying into this. And really some of the ministers that I knew, some of them had good regional ministries, but it's not like they're going back and forth to the nations or anything like that or speaking to the nation. So uh, most of them I couldn't really access for that wisdom. Now there was one minister, he would end up becoming my spiritual father. But at, at that time, you know, I'm still real young in all of this. So I did not really have that access to get like an impartation at that time, you know, that maybe I could have ridden the coattail, so to speak. So I, I just had to, I had to pray my way into it. And I want to say this very carefully to many of you that are watching, you, you could very well, very well be in a place where, uh, this is something that you have to walk out on your own. Uh, it's not like you can call four or five of your best friends together and say, please come and gather with me for one hour every night because I'm, I'm praying this in. Well, they might be like, well, I, I, I'm praying something in also. <laughs> we need you over here. Well, see, what I'm trying to say is you may have to pray this out and walk this out all on your own. Because in many of these cases, you can't get somebody else to do your praying for you. You have to do it. And if it's your calling, your assignment then you're going to have to be the one most likely that's going to, you know, get in there and do the work. Let, uh, let your, let your feet do the walking and your tongue do the praying, praise God, because you have to get it done at all cost. You have to get it done. Praise the Lord. So I would walk the bleachers back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. This went on for about two years. And then it just, something just dropped in my spirit. And I just knew one day I've got it. 
I, I don't really know how I knew that except by revelation. I've got it. I've got an international ministry. And when I incorporated my ministry, I named it Stephen Brooks. Watch this. Not Stephen Brooks local. Not Stephen Brooks Regional. I named my ministry Stephen Brooks International. I did that all on purpose because I knew God had an international ministry for me. <laughs> Woo! And I'm gonna get I'm gonna get behind that with my words and agree with that. And of course, it eventually began to open up just shortly after that. And God began to open doors and we went through the open doors and then another door would open and we would go here. We would go there. And I'll, I'll never forget. The Lord was so sweet to my wife and I on our first international trip. When I'm going not to be a sightseer, I'm not taking a camera to take pictures and say, you know, say, oh, uh, look here, there's a monkey in the tree. No, I'm going there to preach the gospel. And when we went the first time, uh, long international flight, they upgraded us into first class on British Airways. And uh, it was really cool because, you know, back in those days, they flew primarily 747s. So if you're going first class, you get to go up the, the secret ladder, you know, that's kind of up in that uh, hump of the plane up top. Really, really cool. I kind of missed the 747s. But my friends, all of that came out of those two years of praying in tongues, praying in tongues. When I walked those bleachers, it'd be about... About 95%, maybe 99%, all in tongues. And sometime I might shout something in English, Hallelujah, God, you're doing this, or something like that. But most times it's just all in tongues. Praying, praying, praying in the Spirit, Hallelujah, until I prayed it into manifestation. Praise God. And we've been going ever since, going through all different various formats, not just in person, but also through the internet and through television and every available means to reach as many people as possible with the life-changing power of the Word of God. Now, this is something you have to be consistent in. I remember that on Sunday nights, Sunday nights, see, I was, I was uh, ministering Sunday morning, and then I would minister on Wednesday nights, but on Sunday nights, oftentimes I was free. Sometimes I would catch a meeting, but if I was ever uh, not ministering on Sunday night, it was almost like the Lord required me to meet him at those bleachers. And uh, it would be such a strong anointing that it was like I was walking through gravy. Hallelujah. All of this, all of this with a passport that's never been stamped. All of this with never having gone anywhere, but just knowing God's going to do it. And uh, I remember one Sunday night, I just thought, well, you know, Lord, I've been doing this for quite a while now. I think I'm just going to go out with Kelly to dinner. And one of our church members had invited us to uh, dinner. I was pastoring a church on Sunday morning. So one of our church members had invited uh, me and Kelly out to dinner at a very nice restaurant. And so we're sitting there. It's about 6.15 Sunday night. And all the food is brought out in the, you know, the food is real nice food, real, real nice restaurant. And the food is hot. That steam, steam's coming off the food. It's so hot. And I got hit with such an overwhelming burden of the Holy Spirit to get to those bleachers. It almost drove me crazy. And I, 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 I said, Kelly, and uh, to the other brother, I said, I've got to go out to the bleachers and pray. And Kelly said, well, right now your, your food just got here. I said, I know. I said, the anointing is so strong. I said, I've got to do this. This involves our, our, our destiny, our future. 
And God's, God's wanted me to meet me there, and he's there, and I'm not there. And she said, well, go. I understand. I'm so glad I went. I, I Honestly, I can't really remember what was on my plate. I'm sure that was good, but that food's long gone, hallelujah. But the ministry and the fruit that has come out of that, my friends, that's eternal. Praise God. Amen. You must take your calling serious. You must take your assignments serious. Praise the Lord and be willing to pray into it. Amen. You know, I was acting upon Psalm uh, 2. I really like this, this beautiful Psalm. Psalm 2, verse 8. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Hallelujah. Woo. I love getting the emails and the letters in. I got an email in today from a person uh, out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. I can't remember that island. Mauritius. And uh, requesting my prayers. Watching my programs. Uh, the gospel going to the very ends of the earth. Praise the Lord. And by God's grace, one day I'll stand there with my feet and preach the gospel. I've had an invitation to come to Mauritius. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I love all of that. Uh, the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. And so I've asked the Lord for those things. Amen. And this, this is a ministry where we take the gospel everywhere. But I especially want to take it to the remote areas. I especially want to take it to what we would call the 1040 window. Uh, which is a very impoverished uh, area, but yet billions of people live within that geographical window. I especially want to take the gospel to the 11 nations that are on the earth's equator, because those nations that are on the equator are some of the poorest nations in the world, but they're so open to the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for standing with me in this vital kingdom undertaking of winning souls for Christ and building up God's people. Praise the Lord. So what I often do with particularly the project I'm working on right now, the faith assignment that God has me on right now, I often come sometimes even to the sanctuary, many times to the sanctuary, sometimes over to the fellowship hall, and I'll just walk in a circle and pray for one hour, pray for one hour. And uh, I really don't have a set time when I do it, but it's usually in the evenings when it's quiet and uh, the workers are gone and I can come here all by myself and I'll just walk. Can I demonstrate? I know it's really simple. There's nothing com complicated about walking in a circle, but I'm just going to show you how I do it. And I'm not going to zoom out on the camera or anything like that, but you can tell what I'm doing. I just walk in the circle. Praise the Lord. Just like this. Now, Pastor Stephen, that seems really complicated. Can you do it again to demonstrate? Yes. Do it just like this. Mighty God. Mighty God. Miracle worker. And just do it for an hour. Do it for an hour. Praise God. Glory to God. Let the fire of the Spirit flow. Out of your belly shall flow living waters and stir it up and take hold of that promise. Take hold of the power of God and believe God will do something extraordinary for you with the focus of what it is that you're believing Him to do. You know, so often if, if I get up early in the morning or maybe in the middle of the night to pray or 
or, you know, I have my, maybe you could call it my regular devotional time. Um, it's not really like what I'm talking about right here, right now. When I have my private devotional time with the Lord, say early in the morning, you know, you know, I get my coffee and it takes a little while to wake up. And that's more of like, you know, kind of like just chill out time with the Lord, just talking with the Lord, you know, praying over certain things, praying in the spirit, praying for the president, praying for our nation, praying for the church, praying for my partners and, and also just fellowship with God. It's not like, you know, it's like really all out, you know, f fireworks or anything like that. But when I come for my one hour uh, of power, that's a different anointing. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, when I show up for that, I just start off and I, I, I start punching in the spirit sometimes. Well, Pastor Stephen, that sounds unusual. Uh, what do you mean? Well, what I mean is that it, when you when you pray for like a, uh, uh, an hour in the spirit, you start getting over in the spirit. And sometimes prophetic uh, strength wants to be released. And sometimes it comes out as a shout. Uh, sometimes it comes out as a punch. Praise God. And uh, for example, uh, the noted apostle, Dr. John G. Lake, he talked about the time uh, Jesus took him into a vision. And when he stepped into this vision, uh, he saw the spirit realm open up and he saw demons that were arrayed against him, against him because he was involved in the kingdom work. And he saw all these demons. He said he walked right up there and just wham, started laying them out. Wham, started knocking them out. Now, I'm, I mean, it was like a real battle. He hit them and boom, the teeth busting power. Boom, hit them. Hallelujah. Knock them down. And sometimes you get in the spirit, you're praying, you're believing God to do this. Hallelujah. And you just want to let it out. Glory. Glory. Lord, break through an anointing. Boom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm -mm. So sometimes you're, you're walking in the circle. Glory. Hallelujah. Let, just release that anointing. You're releasing shockwaves in the spirit. I call it breakthrough anointing as demonstrated in the Holy Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David. See, anytime the enemy hears about an anointing, a new kingly anointing, somebody that's ready to do something new, there's war. The enemy says, we've got to stop it. So you, that's this why you have to pray real strong in tongues. It can be like warfare tongues you start getting into and start moving in the spirit. Glory to God. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim, or a valley of Titans, as the Septuagint says. Verse 19, so David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, now watch this. He's going to get a, a new revelation of the Lord's power. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies. See, that's what I'm talking about. Breaking through. Boom. Glory to God. The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. I mean, David was like, whoa, Lord, man, we hit those people. I mean, like the, the angelic army was with them. And when they went in, boom, that, everything was working. Swords were working. Uh, muscles were working. 
spears were working and the Philistines were just like, whoa, they were just like ran over like by a steamroller. <laughs> whoa, and David was like, man, Lord, Baal Perazim, the Lord of the breakthrough, praise God. And then, of course, you know, the enemy thinks, well, you know, you got us on that one. We'll, we're going to try you on a different one in the different season. But there's always the wisdom of God of what to do with different attacks, different seasons, different ways to respond and so forth. And so you also work with the angels because the angels were on the next assignment with him as well, going out, marching in the top, as the uh, King James says, the mulberry trees, praise the Lord, or balsam trees, as some modern translations say. And that's, that's just the sign of that sound that the army is with you. And that's why after your one hour of power that you want to have a, 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 when you stop, you want to have a little debriefing time. You and the Holy Spirit debriefing time. Just chill out for a little bit. Only about five or ten minutes. That's all you need. Maybe even maybe even four or five minutes. And just stop for a moment and say, now, Holy Spirit, um, give me insight into that one hour of tongues that I've just had. And it could be, not always, it could be that maybe you want to get an interpretation an overall synopsis of what you've been praying about. Now, this is something that Dr. Oral Roberts was very highly developed in, which is the ability to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues, and then interpret what you've said through the gift of interpretation. And if you will practice that, you can develop that. And of course, that can be very useful in a corporate gathering when somebody stands up and gives a corporate utterance in tongues. Well, if you're developed in interpretation, most likely you will probably be the person that the Holy Spirit gives that interpretation to. And then you can stand up and interpret that. Now the whole assembly is blessed. Praise God. So my friends, uh, during a debriefing, you may want to speak just a little bit more in tongues and say, now, Holy Spirit, give me the interpretation of what I've been covering over the last hour. And then by faith, interpret that out, speak out the interpretation and that will come to you. And sometimes you'll get an incredible witness that the angels are working. Um, you may even get the name of the angel. And I was, I was praying earlier today and I had completed my one hour of special, what we would call the special uh, power prayer. And I tell you, after I finished, there was uh, in my debriefing time, there was a tremendous witness of the, of the spirit of a certain angel that was moving very powerfully uh, in the background to bring this thing into full manifestation. These things are very, very uh, important because the angels, they go to work on our behalf on our behalf to bring forth the will of God. Praise be unto Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, let me share something with you of great interest. This is in first uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 14. We've looked at this verse many times. I want to share something uh, special concerning it. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse one. Pursue love. And desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Now, in the past Wednesday message, I was discussing the wisdom of God, and it's fascinating concerning God's wisdom because. Scientists say 
that we have this incredible mental capacity, brain capacity, but at the highest level, those like Albert Einstein and others, even they only at the very peak touch about 10% of their brain's capacity to function. That means there is a 90% area that's untapped, that does not get naturally accessed or used. They also say out of all the inventions that are known to modern man, all the patent and all the patents and inventions represents only 0.05 of man's creative power. So there is so much more that we can tap into. Well, Pastor Stephen, that is interesting. I've heard that about the brain. I wonder why we're not getting up to 11%, 12%. And Lord knows who, what would happen if we ever get out of, got up to 70 or 80 or 90% of our brain's ability. What in the world, what kind of thoughts would we have? Let me tell you right now how to get into that realm of genius. You get into that through praying in the Holy Spirit. They have done studies in scientific laboratories that when you begin to pray in tongues, you begin to access an area of your brain that you can't access any other way. Mm -mm. Particularly, it starts to affect the front part of your brain, which is where the creativity area is at. My friends, when you pray in tongues, when you pray in the spirit, you, you're speaking out mysteries that are so advanced that it's, that it takes, starts moving into that spirit realm area. And that is also where you can begin to tap into thoughts that your brain can grab a hold of that are beyond anything it ever pulled upon through its own natural initiative. I'm talking about answers and solutions from God. I'm talking about ways to do certain things from God. I'm talking about unveiling and discovering destiny by the spirit of God as you pray out mysteries in the spirit. And then, then especially when you get the interpretation, mm, glory, welcome to the other 90%. Glory to God. And all you have to do is just touch that. Just touch that realm. That's what's going on. That's what's going on. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, we also see this related in 1 Corinthians. And let's go over to uh, chapter 2 and verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? Really? Does Jesus need anybody to instruct him? Jesus, you're not doing that right. Well, no, he does everything right. He's, he's the son of God. He's the second person of the deity. Praise the Lord. So for who has known the mind of the Lord that we, that, excuse me, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Pastor Stephen, I would like to get into that, 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 that mind of Christ. Well, we have it as we wash our minds with the word of God. And as we pray into the spirit, we begin to touch that area of the high life of the thinking mind of Christ, the thinking mind of God, where God's thoughts become our thoughts. And remember, his thoughts are on the highest level possible, as we have seen in Isaiah chapter 55. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 8, we see the wisdom of God. Uh, uh, it, it speaks of it in verse 6, saying, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. 
But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying in the Holy Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God, and you're praying out God's purposes and plans for your life. And the enemy is befuddled. He cannot understand tongues. Now, he can understand any human language, whether it's English or French or, or, or any other known human language, but he cannot understand tongues. And he doesn't like to even hear it. Ooh, glory to God. Now, my friends, back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Those Israelites that did not enter in, did not understand that everything that God wanted them to do, he's already prepared it, pre-planned it, pre-positioned it. All they need to do is just go in and take it. God's not going to do that part for them. They have to walk that out. But if you just start walking it out and you believe God, trust God and pray in the spirit, pray it out. You'll realize just how wise God is that he did plan it all out, that he still does do miracles, that he still does sew it all together. Yeah, because he did all of that before he ever created the world. That's how wise he is. My friends, I see you completing your earthly assignments. I see you get it, get every single thing done and to accomplish it and to uh, put your heart into it. I would encourage you to have your one hour of power where you just pray in the spirit. Boom, boom, glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look, you do that for an hour today, uh, an hour a day, and, uh, you know, just uh, look over and take a look at the word at times to keep your faith focused. Amen. You do that. You're walking it out. You're walking it out. Praise the Lord, and you're manifesting it. And then others see what you're doing as far as things manifesting in your life, and they're like, they're like encouraged, just like Dr. Cho was by seeing Or Roberts do all of these things, do all of these things. And Dr. Or Roberts said the greatest, the greatest secret of his ministry was praying in tongues for extended periods of time, and then when he was done, interpreting back what he had prayed. Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, he, he sure got a lot done, but that's because he had a special name. That's because he was God's man. Well, well God's no respecter of persons, though. If you will make the same application of biblical principles, they'll work for you, too. They'll work for you, too. So you have to get on the right track. You have to pray and focus with laser focus on what God has assigned to you, not your best friend. You can't take their assignment and hijack that and try to make that yours. And that's great that God called them to do that. But you have your own special things that God has called you to do. And it's extremely important that you bring them forth because it's not only for your benefit. You'll see when it comes forth, it will also bless and benefit others as well. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that those that are watching, that they be serious about their assignment 
that they will dedicate themselves to pray in the spirit. And Father, I thank you. There will be some times when you'll have a few others that will be able to jump in with them and help, uh, just help punch it through and break it through. So, Father, we thank you. That also can be the case for corporate assignments, not just individual callings. But, Father, I thank you for that anointing to pray, that fire anointing. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the breakthroughs that you're going to do in the lives of your people. And I thank you, Father God, that as they pray in the Spirit, they're being strengthened. They're being charged with the power of your Spirit. And I thank you. They're praying mysteries. They're praying mysteries which you understand and which the devil does not understand. And therefore, he cannot formulate a defense against an attack that he doesn't know about. And I thank you, Father, for the angels that are working with your people to bring the pass what you have assigned to be brought forth. And it will bring you much glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, last week we talked about the four principles to bring forth a, mer- a miracle. Say it, do it, receive it, tell it. This is, this is what you're doing. When you're walking this out, praying in the spirit. Yes, When you're, 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 you're engaging in that activity. You're saying it and you're doing it and then you're going to receive it. And then the fun part, tell it. Whoo, glory to God. Mm-hmm. There's a time you bring it forth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Now, if you've watched today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Look, God's touching your heart right now. Don't think that you can receive Christ later. Your heart may be hard then, and you may not be interested in God at that, at that place. And then you're lost forever. But right now, while your heart is tender, receive Christ into your heart. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and you rose again to save sinners like me. Now, Jesus, save me of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. I turn from my sin and I surrender my life completely to you right now. Jesus, thank you for saving me in your name. I pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Let's take Holy communion together. Glory to God. Mm -mm. We thank God for his, his death, burial and resurrection. That's why we're here today, because Jesus loves us so much. I want to encourage you, grab some unleavened bread, some grape juice. Let's pray over it. Father, thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it through this prayer. We set it apart as holy. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, we look at it, we still see a little wafer in grape juice, but it's the flesh and the blood of Christ veiled, hidden through the form of bread and juice. Father, as we receive the flesh, the body of Christ, we thank you that we proclaim his death 
until he comes. And we thank you that he's coming again and that he died for us and that through his death we could receive eternal life. And Father, we thank you that we belong to Jesus. We thank you that your word is working mightily in our lives. And we thank you for the privilege of being able to communicate with you in prayer through praying in the spirit. And we thank you for the great miracles that you're working out in our lives and the things you planned for us before we were even born. Father, we give you praise for your goodness in Jesus name. Amen. Let's receive the body of the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything that God called you to do was finished before he ever put dirt on this planet, created water on this planet, hung the stars in space. He already had your whole life planned out. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your wisdom that is higher than any other form of earthly wisdom, of natural wisdom. We thank you for that wisdom touching our brains, touching our intellect, helping us to do exactly what we're supposed to do and not doing what we're not supposed to do. Thank you, Father God. We ask that you would forgive us of all of our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and we forgive anybody, anyone who has sinned against us. We forgive them and release them of that. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, for your great love towards us through your Son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us receive the blood of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, is this, does this require effort? Does this require self-discipline? Yes. Yes, it does. But when you know there's grace there, when you know that Jesus is showing up, why wouldn't you want to be there? Just put some time in. I like to just designate an hour. That way I, I feel I've committed something of great value and my, my and effort too. But my friends, when you do that, I'm telling you, you are, you're, you're just moving. You're moving on God's path for your life. Praise the Lord. You're going to get it all done. You're going to get it all done. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Father, bless your people. I thank you for grace, anointing, and strength and commitment. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, for uh, your rewards. You are a rewarder of those who seek you. We thank you that when we speak in tongues, we're speaking mysteries. We thank you, Father, for insight into those mysteries as we need to know. We thank you for miracles. We thank you that you're mighty God. There's nothing too difficult for you. And Father, we give you praise. and We thank you in Jesus' great name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I was going to sign off, but I feel a healing anointing descending. Lord, we give you praise. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Anybody, if you have cancer, cancer in your, uh, uh, I'm getting bone marrow cancer. Of course, would, that would be very severe. If you have bone marrow cancer, if you can, put your hand on the screen. Uh, if it's your phone, put your hand on the phone or on the, the uh, monitor, computer monitor, whatever it might be. Because here comes the anointing. Get ready. Father, I 
Pray for that person with bone marrow cancer. I rebuke the cancer in the name of Jesus. I command it to go, to die, and to get out of that person's body. Now, in the name of Jesus, receive the anointing. Take it right now. In the name of the Lord, receive in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and praise God for healing you. Take it by faith in Jesus' name. Oh, God, we give you praise and glory. I speak against cataracts, any form of cataracts in the eyes. I rebuke the cataracts and I command them to leave in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. I speak to down syndrome. If you have a child with down syndrome, put your hand on the head of your child. I rebuke down syndrome in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the genetic disorder. I speak against the missing chromosome and I call from heaven's warehouse that extra chromosome to come into the body now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I release the miracle of wholeness from down syndrome, autism or any form of that in Jesus name. Amen. All the glory to Jesus Christ, the one that makes bodies whole and healthy. Glory to God. I rebuke malaria in the name of Jesus. I command malaria to release his hold from upon the brain and the body. Get out in Jesus' name and be healed in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus, supernatural protection. Somebody's watching me. You're in an area where your life is threatened. And those that uh, have a great hatred for Christians, and they're, they're, they're looking for you. But God will protect you. The angel of the Lord is with you. Do not fear. God is with you and will protect you and will show you what to do. He will either hide you, conceal you, or move you to a different location. Hallelujah. God will show you. The help will be there. God's sending a helper, a guide to help you. Praise the Lord. Father, we give you glory and praise. We pray for the persecuted church in North Korea, in Afghanistan, in underground China, and in many other parts of the world. We pray for our brothers and sisters in the Lord that are being persecuted particularly in uh, certain Muslim countries where they're being persecuted. We pray for our brethren, Father God, in ancient Persia, in Iran. Thank you, Father God. Touch and strengthen and bless your people in their hour of need. Thank you, Father God. We thank you for a fresh anointing upon their lives and grace and wisdom. And Father, we give you praise. We thank you that we're one family. When they hurt, we hurt. When they rejoice, we rejoice, and vice versa. We thank you, Father God, that we are one body of believers. We give you praise. Father, let your glory come. Let your move of your spirit come and sweep this earth again with a mighty outpouring of your spirit and refresh and bless your people and let your power come down on high and let the mountains melt. Let all the proud people melt before you as you move and touch this earth, O oh God, with another great move. We thank you, Father God, for the great end time harvest. The long-awaited Feast of Tabernacles, spiritually fulfilled within your people. A great end-time harvest of souls. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, you're equipping your people for this mighty work. You're empowering your people for this mighty work. Some to be involved in ministry. Some to be involved as distinct financiers of this mighty move of your spirit. 
bringing financial support and others in many other various capacities to serve are taking their places. Now, thank you, Father. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God, for your holy provision and your joy. And we bless you in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. God bless you, my family, church family, and ministry friends. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.